Standing in for Ifilwe Mpakanyani. Weekend Breakfast with Googs Msungu. 13 minutes after 8 o'clock. Welcome back to the show. Time for us to get into parenting this week. Joined, as always, by parenting and human potential expert Nikki Bush and taking your calls on 011-883-0702. Your SMS is on 31702. And you can send us a WhatsApp message on 0727021702. Nikki, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, good. So we're speaking about uh, treasure hunts and uh, the importance or the thrill of a treasure hunt for kids. Absolutely. You know, we've got Easter on the horizon next weekend. And so children get very excited about that Easter egg hunt, which really is very symbolic of the power of a treasure hunt. And what kids love about a treasure hunt is the surprise factor and the anticipation and also the fact that they have their parents 100% attention because who goes and plants the eggs or the treasure? It's the parents. And so it's quite an exciting time. I, I chat to kids often at schools and, you know, the allure of a treasure hunt in the real world is a real thing. And one of the things that is so real for them in the online world, interestingly enough, in all the online games they play, is the concept of being on a treasure hunt. So it's very much something that's ingrained in human beings to want to go and find stuff. And I mean, there's so many games that involve, you know, finding things like hide and go seek or treasure hunting. And for kids, you know, what role, in addition to the thrill, what role do those kinds of games play for them? Yes, so in many games, as you've just mentioned, you have to actually go and strategically collect certain things. And so there's critical thinking, there's problem solving, there's the whole, um, you know, it, it, it's just the excitement and kids thrive on excitement. And um, collection, collecting, if you think about all those cards that you can collect at various pharmacies and supermarkets, why have they done so well? Because kids love collecting and they love rewards. And I think there's another aspect here that we must bear in mind, and that is delayed gratification, that they don't get everything at once. They've got to hunt and they've got to wait until they get to the right places to find what they need to find. And it's very interesting when you look at the research. um, Children who can delay gratification, the urge to have everything now, who can learn to wait, are actually the kids who do better in life later on. And uh, how do you teach delayed gratification? Um, I know most famously there was the marshmallow test, and I think we've all seen videos of it where different kids are given one marshmallow and they're told, if you can not eat this marshmallow, you can get another one or three more in an hour, and then they're left alone to see if the child will eat the marshmallow or if the child will then keep the marshmallow so they can get more. Um, And so how do we teach delayed gratification or the importance of delayed gratification because it's quite an adult idea yes it is it is it's interesting that test was done by walter mitchell in the 60s and it's been redone a number of times since then and just for those listeners who don't know that test they literally put um, a marshmallow in front of i think the children were four years of age um, and they said, if, you, if we come back in a few minutes' time and you haven't eaten it, we'll give you another one. 
And the video footage of it is incredible, how the kids have to sit on their hands. You know, they have to work out how to wait. Some sat on their hands. Some sniffed the marshmallow. Some licked the marshmallow. Some ate the marshmallow. (laughs) And it's really fascinating because, as you say, it is an adult concept. So playing games with children is one of the key ways that we can help them to learn how to wait. If you think of... Monopoly, for example, you have to bide your time. You have to buy property slowly. You have to put houses on your property slowly. You have to wait for people to land on your properties to pay the rent. Um, you have to go around the whole board before you get paid your salary. And that is a, a reflection of adult life. And there are many, many games. Um, and you, our listeners can go to toytalk.co.za to go and see some of my recommendations of of great games and toys where you, you know, you have to wait your turn before you can play a card. You have to wait your turn before you can pick up a piece of treasure. So all of these things incrementally help our children to learn how to wait. It's not an easy thing. And that's why parents are required. Um, Children have to wait between one meal and another. Um, You know, they may be allowed to have a snack um, in between, or maybe they have to wait to have their lunch to have a sweetie um, afterwards or to have dessert at the end of their meal. These are all examples of how we teach our children how to wait and how to delay gratification. And what happens if you're trying to plan a treasure um, a hunt or an Easter egg hunt? What happens if you don't have a lot of space? Because as we know, you know, many people don't necessarily, for instance, have a garden. And also what happens if it's too hot? Granted, Gauteng doesn't seem to have that problem <laughs> this weekend. But, you know, how do you make it happen if you have very limited space or the weather's not necessarily conducive to hiding chocolates? Right. So that's a great question, Gog. So yes, uh, traditionally, if you have a garden, you would go and hide those Easter eggs. And look, the best ones to, to use, of course, are those marshmallow Easter eggs because they're nicely packaged. Um, hide them in the garden. But if you don't have a garden and you're in an apartment or a house, you can hide Easter eggs all over the house. Of course, the big thing is that you, you know, your children have to go, say, into the bathroom and close the door while you hide the eggs so they don't know where you've hidden them. It could be an Easter egg hunt just in their bedroom or your bedroom if it's a little bit bigger. You know, children never tire of this. Whether you are, you know, hiding Easter eggs on the windowsill or under the bed or under the pillows or behind the bedside light or between two books, it doesn't matter. And then the other thing that I, the other place I think works really well for a treasure hunt, and you'd have to let... You know, if you're doing it indoors in a single room or what I'm going to suggest here is in your car. If you happen to have a car, you can hide eggs in your car, but then you would just let one child go at a time if you've got more than one child. So think about a car. You can hide eggs in cubby holes, in underneath the seats, uh, in between the seats, in the boot, in the exhaust pipe, on top of the wheel, behind the wheel. So you can get your child really exploring and moving because one of the things about a treasure hunt is the children are actually using their bodies to move to find what you've hidden. And that's also part of the excitement is the movement. Then you also asked me about what if it's too hot to hide chocolate Easter eggs in the, in, in, in the garden um, because they're going to melt. Well, in that case, what you're going to need to use is 
perhaps something solid like poker chips, plastic poker chips, or plastic shapes. Go and find one of their shape sorting games from when they were little and take those plastic shapes and hide those in the garden. I've also been to a birthday party where the mum actually cut up A4 pieces of paper into squares and she hid the paper squares, the white paper squares all over the garden. And she had about 20 children, so there were a lot of white paper squares. It was quite a big garden. Mm -hmm. And for every white paper square that the children found, they could exchange those for an Easter egg. Or in that case, I actually think it was Smarties. Um, And she had a lot of pieces of paper out there, so children were going to get a lot of Smarties. Um, so it doesn't have to be Easter eggs. It could be Smarties. It could be anything. The other thing you can use is something like um, butter beans. Butter beans that you buy in a packet um, you know, at the um, supermarket. You can also hide those um, around the place and children have to find those, bring those back and give them a little bucket or bowl and they can find lots of butter beans, come back and exchange those for sweets or for Easter eggs. And how do you make this fun for older kids? How do you make a treasure hunt interesting for, um, you know, if you have teenagers maybe or tweens, how do you get them involved? So this is a fantastic, highly memorable way to create a party. And I have created scavenger hunts for both my children. And in fact, my own 21st birthday party was a scavenger hunt. So what you do is you've got to have a couple of adults around who have cars. So usually you'll have at least, depending on how many children are involved, um, say four or five, uh, probably four children to a vehicle with one driver. And uh, there's quite a bit of preparation uh, for this kind of a party. But one of the ones we did was out past Lanceria and Cradle of Mankind. And it's about observation because children have actually got to find things along the way and they've got to read signs along the way. So this is really for kids from about 10 years and up. And some of the questions would be things like, um, uh, keep to the left of what village? And obviously there's a sign and this one said, Logwood, um, and and then it would be um, head towards the Krugersdorp, uh, towards Krugersdorp, and at the T junction, who monitors um, CCTV for PVC Group SA, and they'd have to see you know which company is doing the CCTV monitoring. Mm-hmm. You will find arts and crafts at this glass village. What's the name of the village? It's the Nguenya village, and then we went through Mulder's Drift, and it says. Um, T-Rex would like to eat here, which was actually the carnival restaurant. And what's the name of the river? It's the Crocodile River, etc. So a lot of observation. And then you also plant things. So it says stop and collect some supplies at the farm store. The password is shorty. So obviously we'd been ahead and we'd put some goodies at the farm store and they knew if anyone arrived and said shorty, they had to hand over the treasure. (laughs) So when the children eventually got back and each car was racing the other car, obviously you can't speed. So it was about your odometer reading. Each car left at five minute intervals. And so you had to register the odometer reading at the beginning and the end. It was such fun. And I promise you that every child who ever went on that scavenger hunt has remembered it for life. Mm. So we do want to create these warm, rich memories with our children that don't have to cost a lot of money. It's just a little bit of imagination and creativity to put it together.
And I mean, it sounds so interesting, this like scavenger hunt, you know, where you go to different places. Um, and again, if you perhaps don't have as much time or, you know, you want to start quite small, can you do that with sort of your immediate community? So um, you use places that are familiar. Um, could you do the same kind of almost amazing race format in a much smaller much more contained environment. Yes, without a doubt. Without a doubt, you could do it in a local park. You could do it in your suburb. What you do need is a couple of adults, though. You know, either manning stations or different points along the way. But here is a really easy way to create a a scavenger hunt. Um, And this would require either a little park or a garden. Um, I, I did a little pirates and princesses party for one of my sons. And what we did was I got a, a brown paper packet for each child and we planted treasure around the garden. And it was all theme-related treasure. So they had to go and find an eye patch because it was a pirates and princess party. They had to find um, a, a fairy wand. They had to find that chocolate money, you know, the gold chocolate money. Uh, I think we had Wacky Wicks long um, chewing gum rolls. you remember those? Mm-hmm. And so there were about five things that they had to find that were scattered around the garden. And there was a, a little um, sticker on the front of, of the brown paper bag that listed the treasure that they had to find. And once they had found all the treasure, it was a race to see who could find it first and get back to me. And then there was obviously, there were prizes for first, second, and third. But the other thing was, the treasure they were collecting became their goodie bag. So we killed two birds with one stone because children love to leave a party with a goodie bag. So they actually created the goodie bag and we stapled the goodie bags closed and when they left the party, they took their goodie bag with them. Obviously, it had their name on it. So we have to be quite smart as parents. Once again, it wasn't something that cost a fortune, but it was highly memorable. Children were engaged for about 20 minutes in finding the treasure and they felt a sense of achievement and accomplishment by the time they finished that treasure hunt. Plus, it was a race. You know, see who could get their bags filled first. Uh-huh. And so if you're a parent looking for some tips on how to do the treasure hunt, how to do the amazing race for older children, where can you get more information? Right. I think the best place for our parents to go is to my Parenting Matters Facebook page. Um, I would love to continue this conversation there. Nikki, always a pleasure chatting to you. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Googs, and I hope everyone has a happy Easter. I won't be able to join you next week, which is why we had to tackle Easter today. Have a wonderful Easter, and we'll chat uh, the following week. Super, thanks, Googs. That's human and uh, human potential and parenting expert Nikki Bush talking about how to make uh, treasure hunts uh, fun for kids, including older kids.